This is a Capricorn FM podcast. Anyway, it's a minute after seven. You're on Progressive Talk. Let's talk about the launch that happened today with the Interministerial Committee. And um, so we're looking at this campaign that we're having. There was a media briefing earlier today, the Interministerial Committee on Gender-Based Violence and Femicide were launching the campaign. We're talking with Deputy Minister in the Presidency, Professor Shengue Mkize. Prof, good evening. Welcome to Progressive Talk. Uh, good, good evening. Good evening to the listeners. Thank you for having me. Good evening indeed. Well, Prof, talk to us about the launch today of the Gender-Based Violence and, and Femicide. Well, the, really today what we're doing, we were tabling the theme uh, for this year's 16 days of activism in line with what was said in August about economic justice for women, in line with what has recently been presented by the president in terms of the economic recovery plan, but also just as a response to what we saw. You know, COVID-19 shows us the cracks in society that women uh, are still reliant solely on food parcels, uh, social wage, like grants and so on. So we're saying gender-based violence is at its worst point in terms of the cases that are out there in our courts and in public. Mm. But then... Let's look at this element of saying, besides the rights that are being of women that are being violated, let's talk about empowerment by through economic inclusion, because that also is a way of giving women independence, mm-hmm. so that if they are confronted mm. in a violent situation, they can make choices uh, to protect their children and themselves. So when you talk about economic inclusion and we are aware the kind of current circumstances prevailing globally and here in the country with the pandemic, what kind of strategies are there to support economic inclusion for women during this campaign as well? Well, basically, the interministerial committee, when we looked, for instance, we had the minister of police, we were saying to him, if you look at their budget and their procurement uh, budget mm. alone. Yeah. I, 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 women's economic justice, it shouldn't be an afterthought as we did when we were dealing with black economic empowerment. Mm-hmm. It should be at the center in terms of saying, in this procurement we're talking about, if it's a two billion contract, if it's a five million contract, what percentage should go towards women? And, of course, the president in August said it shouldn't be less than 40%. Whenever you're talking about a, 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 a big project, it should talk to women's inclusion immediately. The president went on to say, approach financial institutions. Make sure that women have access to finance. We have our own state-owned entities, uh, developmental finances like IDC. Mm. But, you know, we, we don't monitor very closely. We've not been monitoring closely in terms of the percentages that are actually given to women because women are saying we want cash in yeah. our hands so mm. that 
if I sell fat cakes along the road, yeah. tomorrow I could have a, a, a puzzle shop and tomorrow I could begin to supply a local supermarket. Mm. And, and, and as you say that, so those that you're talking about economic justice there and, uh, of course, ensuring economic empowerment for women. But those in the workplace, so I understand what is being considered there, is that the workplace must become safer and free of violence against women. How are you going to do that? Well, you know, we, 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 we have policies in place. Mm. We've all our leaders in different government departments have accepted. Ours is to really monitor very closely what is going on and to take action. Because, for instance, women in the workplace, they they are subjected to this ceiling whereby they know I cannot be in in a senior position, I cannot be a CEO, I cannot be this. And it makes them vulnerable and it subjects them to sexual exploitation. Mm. Uh, hoping that these men they look up to who have power will promote them. And in some instances, they end up not getting any promotion. Uh, and, and so the workplace as well has these social ills mm. that we don't talk about every day, uh, but also even... Uh, wage differences for the same jobs. There yeah. are women who earn less than their male counterparts and sometimes less than a male counterpart who, who, who males with lesser years of experience than them. Mm-hmm. They continue to work hard because they are concerned about children, families, the village. You know, this carrying a burden that women carry from birth. Uh, when they are socialized into cooking and looking after people, even when they start working, they they have to yeah. go and- through a lot. And Prof, so in in March, Cabinet approved the the the, the national strategic plan, the GBF uh, GBVF national strategic plan. I wonder if you are in a position to assess what has happened between now and then, and what is there for the way forward. Are you able to say these interventions are bearing fruit as intended? Well, you know the national strategic plan. Some of the listeners might not know that is the outcome of the seminar which was chaired by the president himself. Civil society worked with relevant government departments. They produced a document with six pillars. So what has happened, we have launched the national strategic plan through the district development model. And we have mobilized civil society. You have seen men standing up. Even the very theme we are talking about of women economic justice is, is one of the things. And the interministerial committee, which uh, is composed of uh, Minister in the Presidency, Maite Nkwane Mashabane, Minister of Justice and Constitutional Development, uh, Minister uh, uh, of Police, Minister uh, of Treasury. Mm. Minister of Public Service admin is, is, is an outcome of that kind of work. But the most important thing with the National Strategic Plan is that 
it, it has revolutionized the concept mm. of gender-based violence and femicide by clearly showing that let's intervene using these pillars, which are firmer. Mm. For instance, today we spoke a lot about pillar two, yes. prevention, 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 mm-hmm. where we're saying it's no point to be thinking only about the criminal justice system. Families, relatives, friends, where they smell that the couple might end up killing each other, they should take a stand and, mm. and, and, and somehow report the matter, not to talk after the effect, because life would have been lost. So prevention is mobilizing, yes. but also uh, breaking these cultural teachings mm. that cushion gender-based violence and femicide. And Prof, women and perhaps the public at large might wonder that yearly we have this campaign and we talk about it and some are wondering whether we there's more than talking about it that we can do but from another perspective and from a government perspective whether there's something that will be done differently this year that as government you'd want to sit and at the end when you take stock and say we've done this differently this is the target of course it's a 365 uh, days a year campaign obviously but 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 when we have these campaigns yearly and we have this launch this comes up whether there's something that this time around is being done differently well you know for instance let's take the announcement which was made by the minister of police to say They'll be, they've already trained people who will mend a special desk. I'm not going to talk about the other desk you mentioned, yeah. but that will be focusing purely on assisting women when they come to report. Imagine if throughout the country uh, our police stations can be so empowered and equipped to deal with these cases. Because, you know, justice delays delays also have sent a message in the perpetrators' minds that South Africa is not serious about this problem. So the more we tighten things, the more we we, we do the reports properly, by the time they get to the courts and people are given life sentences, it sends a message that from the time they interact with the police, the police are maturing, they write good statements. The civil society organization, organizations which support the police are doing their work uh, so that if the matter gets to court, and then the magistrate has no option but mm. to uh, give that heavy sentence. So there are things. We are keeping a very careful audit mm. of what uh, is happening since the launch of the National Strategic Plan. Just another thing which might sound simple. Mm. It's a high percentage of women had reported cases and they never got off the ground. But then, since the president said, make sure that those cases are revisited, those women who are resilient enough, who have gone back to the police stations, mm. they tell you that my case is on now. Uh, the perpetrator has been arrested mm-hmm. and you know, there are these things that we, 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 we are beginning to experience as a country, which have not been there. Yes, we're talking, but we, we didn't firmly uh, come up 
mm. with a framework mm. to pin people down so mm. that they can feel the arm of justice. Right. Thank you very much, uh, Deputy Minister. Appreciate your time. Uh, thank you so much, Nabila, for having me. That was a Capricorn FM podcast. For more podcasts, visit capricornfm.co.za.